Welcome to Student of the Game Podcast, where we help you master the fundamentals, fall in love with practice, and win at the game of life. I'm your host, Brad Knoll. Welcome to the classroom. Today, we are joined by my first guest ever, my sister, Abby Grubbs. Abby, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. All right. So we're going to get right in. So this podcast is about uh, how, how everything in life can teach you lessons if you pay attention. And I want to talk about how you got to where you are today and the lessons that you've learned and how you hope to help other people. So we get into it. I, I know kind of who you are and your backstory, but why don't you share with the listeners who Abby Grubbs is and where you came from and how you got to where you are today? All right. Well, we grew up in a sports-minded family, and I absolutely loved it. Every night we were going to some sports event, which was usually basketball, going to practices, going to games. I was getting taken out of school to be able to ride the team bus, which was awesome. I thought I was pretty cool at the time. That wasn't wasn't awful. (laughs) That was pretty fun. I just learned so much through sports, just how to be disciplined, how to work hard. And a lot of people would just say, you, all you're doing is sports. You're just so one-minded, but it's not. Sports teach you so many things about life and it helps you be on time. I mean, one of the things I learned from growing up in a sports-minded family is if practice starts at four and you're there at 3.30, you're late. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh. like show up on time. <laughs> So some of those lessons stuck on you a little better than me, but <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, okay. So sports, sports influence your life. There's a lot of people who are going to listen to this, that they didn't play any sports or they didn't play sports at a high level. So, um, as we go through your story, I, what I want the listeners to do is think about, you know, how your story can relate to where they're at in life. So I know a few things about you. First of all, I know that you're five, one, maybe, and maybe on like, a good day. <laughs> like, like you're you're a killer on the basketball court. Like you are one of my favorite players. Like I like I, this is weird even to say. I looked up to you at five one. <laughs> and so talk about your journey a little bit. And, and you said we grew up in a sports family. What does that mean to you? Well, I'm barely five one on a good day, maybe. And so I struggled with confidence. I just had a lack of self confidence. But I truly believe it made me into the person I am today. It made me work harder. It made me overcome that fear of not being able to do something because in all reality, I'm more built like a gymnast or a cheerleader. And I would walk out on the basketball court and people would laugh at me or they would say, if I mentioned I played basketball, they're like, really? Are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I love it. Yeah, but like like my kids say today, and this is a compliment, you were a dog. Like <laughs> pe- people people feared you. Like people feared when you were on you were on the court. So, um, all right. So we moved around a lot. Dad was a coach. Mom supported his passion. Um, let's let's get into a little bit of our childhood. You know, what did what did moving around a lot and and being in a in a coach's family do for you? It was hard. I'm gonna be completely honest. Moving at the ages that we moved was extremely difficult. But looking back on it, every time we moved, something great happened. And I love the journey we were on. When we moved to Indiana from Michigan between my eighth grade and freshman year, I was mad because I had my set of friends. My goal was to make varsity basketball as a freshman. And where we were at in Michigan, I had a feeling that that was going to happen just because we had a talented eighth grade class and 
I just worked hard. I had a feeling it was going to happen. And then dad got offered the job at IPFW and he said, I'm going to talk it over with Brad and wherever he wants to play, I'm going to coach. Whether that wow, was- Wow, whoa, 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 time out, time out, time out. For the <laughs> listeners right now, this is starting to sound a little little shady that uh, you know I was controlling the outcome here. But okay, so you had a great eighth grade class and dad comes to you and says, hey, we're moving to Indiana. And you had a goal to be on the varsity as a freshman. Um, what was what was like a deeper pain for you, leaving your friends or knowing that you still had that goal, but it was in a new school and maybe there was some, you know, uncharted waters of you don't know what the talent's like? A little bit of both. I mean, that question is so hard to answer because I had a solid group of friends that I just loved and tears in my eyes, mad at everybody that we had to move and let alone dad and mom would take me to Indiana to play in a summer basketball league between my eighth grade and freshman year. And we would drive an hour and a half, play a couple games, drive back to Michigan because he knew I wanted to make varsity as a freshman. And so I played up with some of the older girls. And during that time, I tore my ACL. So on top of moving and going to play basketball, I get hurt. <laughs> and so, so then is, I'm even more mad at you. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. On the first episode of this podcast, like, we, like I'm getting filleted here, which is okay, right? I, uh, th- this is a student of the game podcast. And, and we're going we're gonna to show you some of the lessons that, uh, that Abby is implementing today in her very successful business. But um, I actually kind of didn't know some of these stories. Matter of fact, I was talking to mom and dad the other day because uh, my oldest daughter just got her driver's license. And they said the very first time you got your driver's license, you drove back to Michigan by yourself. Yourself. This was no cell phones back in the day. You drove back to Michigan to see your friends. I'm like, whoa, like that's that's not great parenting. And they're like, yeah, probably <laughs> probably not. So so you you like you were mad, and now you have this injury, this ACL tear. Which you know, if if anybody who understands sports knows that that's not a you know, hey, put some ice on it for three weeks and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. What was that recovery like? It was very hard, but I was extremely determined. In Indiana, basketball is in the winter, whereas in Michigan, girls' basketball is in the fall. I don't know if that's changed, but I tore my ACL in the summer and tryouts were in October. So I said, I'm pushing myself because I want to make varsity. And when I put my mind to something, I want to accomplish it. And I had surgery. I pushed myself in a appropriate way. You know, I didn't push myself too hard where I was going to re-injure it, but I made varsity and things started to work out. I made some awesome friends. I loved my teammates. I absolutely loved my coaches. I've been so blessed with some of the best coaches throughout high school and college. And then I started to like you a little more because things were going well and it, it all turned out for the best. That's fantastic. So first of all, for the listeners that might be in you know Oregon or California or East Coast, West Coast, there's something you need to understand. So I made the varsity as a freshman in Michigan. Okay, no knock on Michigan here and, and throwing no shade to where we grew up, where I grew up. Abby made varsity as a freshman in Indiana, which for those that don't understand, like basketball is a religion in Indiana. And to make varsity as a freshman, especially at a bigger school, is an unbelievable feat. Unbelievable feat. How did you feel, you know, making varsity as a freshman, knowing that you just overcame, one, you, you're moving, you moved, you don't have any many new friends, and you get injured? Like, what was that like making that varsity team with an amazing coach? It gave me confidence. And one of the things about me is I have always struggled with the lack of confidence. And as soon as I found out I made varsity, I thought, you know what? 
I just accomplished something that I've always wanted to accomplish. I need to give myself a little bit more credit. And I just remember walking in the hallways at school and some of the guys found out and they're like, you made a varsity? And they were just completely shocked. Like, I didn't even know you played basketball. And then I found out you played basketball and you made varsity. And so I think that element of shock kind of gave me, you know, a little bit more confidence and that felt good. So, okay, this is a student of the game podcast. So you made varsity as a freshman. You got some confidence. It sounds like fundamentally the the issue that we're talking about here is confidence, right? Where did mm-hmm. where did that confidence come from? Or where did where did your innate ability to to just be a great player? Where did that come from? A lot of support. Support of teammates, support of coaches, support of family. And that's just like it is in life. I mean, if you don't have support, if you don't have somebody coaching you it's going to be a lot harder to achieve things on your own. And you know that in your business, you have coaches. I have Mm -hmm. coaches in my business. And if you're not coached or have support along the way, it's so much harder. All right. So I want to get into this a little bit because now you're talking about the, the value you've had in your life from a great coach. You are now coaching women in their health. I want to get into this in a little bit, but because you're so humble, I'd like the listeners to hear a little bit about some of the accolades or some of the accomplishments that that you had. And I'll just name a few. Number one, you had an amazing high school career. You were the the player of the year in the Fort Wayne area your senior year. You went to Bethel University and uh, Hall of Fame. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so it's funny. I meet people from Bethel and they're like, oh yeah, I, I see your sister's jersey hanging up. That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> 2,000 2, points in college. You're still 5'1", right? You're not 6'1", in college? Correct, 5'1". Okay, yeah. so 5'1". I might be shorter now, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so obviously you've had to overcome a lot, and, and thank you for airing the dirty laundry here on my first episode of this podcast. You were <laughs> mad at me for most of your, you know, growing up. But t- tell, tell, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about some of the successes you had other than what I named. All right, well, if you know me, you know I hate talking about myself. Um, but I... I think I currently still am the all-time leading scorer at Carroll High School in Indiana for girls and boys, and someone can correct me if that's wrong, but went off to college and I became the all-time leading scorer at the time. It has now been broken by one of my best friends, Natalie Young, who was an awesome teammate. I got my jersey retired, so no one can ever wear my number, number 10, ever again at Bethel College. It was college when I went. And um, I'm in the Hall of Fame for women's basketball. So thank you okay. for making me say all that. <laughs> great, great. I, 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 unlike you, I have some confidence and now that just was shattered. So thank you very much. Uh, so, all right, unbelievable career. And now uh, the transition is, okay, so the fundamentals, right? We want, in, this, in this podcast, we wanna talk about what's fundamental, what's the truth. We wanna talk about practice, okay? And then we wanna talk about what winning looks like to you. And so the fundamentals are, you know, your struggle with confidence. Uh, how many knee surgeries? Four. Four knee surgeries. Did you, did you miss any games? I did not miss any games because of knee surgeries. Isn't that crazy? Good. No high school, no college games were missed because of my knee oh my surgeries. Gosh. Okay. I plan so, that. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. If you're going to have knee surgery, do it in the off season. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. So all of these accolades, moving, meeting new friends, not wanting to move, all these setbacks and challenges. If, if you're in a nine to five, right? I mean, if you're, if you're starting a small business, 
what is your knee surgery? This is this is the kind of questions that we talk about on our team. You know, as as a leader of a real estate company, there's up markets, there's down markets. There's prices are up, prices are down. There's there's more sales, there's less sales. There's new people joining. There's always setbacks. There's always challenges. What is your challenge as a small business owner? I'm sitting here talking to my sister who I admire. And she's talking about moving and being mad at the family. She's talking about four <laughs> knee surgeries. She's talking about being five one, by the way, right? How many times could you have made excuses for yourself? Oh, every day, every day. How'd you, how'd you deal with that? I have just had to realize that my thoughts, my negative thoughts are not facts. And mm. I have to retrain my brain to think positively and tell myself that I can do hard things and I can accomplish those things. And a lot of reason, a lot of the reason that people give up on their goals is because they quit too soon. And they quit too soon because they have a lack of confidence in themselves. Wow. Okay, it's, t- it's time out. So you, you've said a couple of things that the listeners need to hear. So what I, what I heard out of all this is your mindset is so strong. Like how can how can people get to the point where their mindset is as strong as yours? Or what are some tips to develop somebody's mindset? Because that's what I heard when you're talking. So how does someone develop their mindset? With positive affirmations, you have to tell yourself day in and day out positive things. And everybody's different. Your affirmations will be different than mine. And I know they seem cheesy <laughs> to say these nice things about yourself and you may not believe them, but the more and more you tell yourself these things, the more true they will become and you will start believing them. But I want to make a point that I'm not positive every day. I don't believe in myself every day. But when I have these affirmations right in front of me and I say them every day, I can retrain my thoughts. I can retrain my brain. So when I go down that negative spiral, I can reframe those thoughts quicker. And it's so powerful. Yeah, we, we have a saying that what you focus on expands. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what you're talking about. And so you gotta you gotta train your focus, you gotta train your mindset. And I know a lot of top top athletes feel this way. You know, do you, if you're listening to this and you're in a cubicle, like do you do you sit there and train your mindset? You know, if you're in a job or a career or you're in sales and you don't, you just don't love the outcomes, like are you training your mind? That's that's what I'm hearing. Time out. Student of the Game is brought to you by Null Team Real Estate. Our mission is to eradicate mediocre real estate transactions. On your largest financial purchase, you shouldn't have to deal with average. We do this by helping you save time, reduce your stress, and helping you keep as much money in your pocket as we can. You can help us out by introducing us to your friends or family who want to make confident real estate decisions, whether buying, selling, building, or investing. At Knoll Team Real Estate, we are connected to a group of realtors who sell one in every eight homes in North America. If you know someone moving out of your area, there's a great chance we can connect them to somebody we know, like, and trust. Remember, relationships win. Now back to the show. I got a question to ask you. This is a little personal. What was your mindset like when I was blocking your shot in the driveway all the time? You know, I was just thinking about that (laughs) as you were talking. And... I wish my mindset would have been different, but I would literally go in the house crying and I would go into mom and say, he's blocking my shot. I don't want to play with them anymore. And I kind of wish I would have put my big girl pants on and went back out there and competed, but I had a lack of self-confidence and that has always, that's always been a struggle of mine and nobody would have believed it if 
you heard the accolades I just accomplished in high school and college, nobody would believe that I lack self-confidence, but I did. And so- I, Yeah, keep going. At, at the time I was mad at you, but again, sorry, seems like I was mad at you my whole childhood. But at the time I was, but it made me into a stronger athlete, a better person, more disciplined, and overall a harder worker. So thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. It, it was all part of the plan. I, I knew. I knew you were the. You were the one. You were the wonder kid. And and you know, mom and dad just said I needed to beat up on you a little bit because you were <laughs> you were going to be a hall of famer one day. So, uh, whatever. I, I'm going to take a little credit for that. Um, all right. So so something that that is is pretty true that I don't know if everybody believes is is really out of your pain comes your purpose. And right now you have this big purpose to to coach women in their health. Tell me, was there a pain or something that happened after basketball? Uh, was there something in your life? And I, I think I know the answer to this. So I'm just trying to get you to talk a little bit about your health journey. You know, after you were an athlete, now you're a mom, you know, you got an amazing family. Tell, tell me about your health journey post being an athlete now, now as an adult. All right. Well, after I had my two boys, I wanted to lose a little bit of the baby weight and I knew nothing about health. Of course, I felt like I always had to watch what I ate because I was short and I just thought, I'm just going to cut back on the portions of what I eat. And then that spiraled into, well, now I'm going to look at the ingredients of every food I'm eating. And that sounds healthy, but it turned into orthorexia, which is an unhealthy obsession with being healthy. And I know that sounds <laughs> very foreign <laughs> to some people, but I got so consumed with what ingredients am I putting into my body? Or I don't want to go to that restaurant. What do they put in their food? Or just go into social events and it became all consuming. And then I started over-exercising and I was getting compliment after compliment, like, you look great. You're so disciplined. And so in my mind, I had to keep doing what I was doing until my health took a toll. And by that, I mean, my body was so stressed out that my hormones were out of whack. My digestive system was out of whack. I couldn't sleep. I was losing my hair and all because I was too healthy. And in reality, that wasn't healthy. And so I love teaching women about balance and how all foods can fit in a healthy lifestyle. And if someone would say, don't push that red button, you're going to want to push that red button. So I am very anti-diet because diets are just for a short term. And so I help women create better habits and make better choices and just take that food off of a pedestal. Meaning, I love ice cream. I had ice cream last night with my boys and it was delicious and I regret none of it. And I want people to know that if you're putting food on a pedestal, like it's good or bad, I can't have brownies, I can't have cookies, I can't have ice cream, you're giving food that power. And instead of doing that, I just want to create better habits. Do I want ice cream every day? No. But am I going to enjoy it once in a while? Yes. And to take that one step further is I love teaching women to use food as information. What information does food send to your body? And a lot of people have heard food is medicine, which can be true for a lot of people. But we are all bio-individuals where one person's food is another person's poison. So you may feel really awesome after eating something and it may make me feel like crap. 
And so using food as information gives you the power of how do I want to feel physically? How do I want to feel mentally? And just thinking different is just a huge game changer. I feel like I just went to school here. Like yeah, you taught sorry, me, that was a so, lot. That orth, was a lot. Orth, <laughs> what'd you call it? Ortho something? Orthorexia. So you were you were unhealthy about becoming healthy. Yes. Um, I think there's a lot of people that maybe set goals that are unhealthy goals. Absolutely. I, mean, I think there are people that have relationships that you know are unhealthy because there's unmet expectations. So it sounds like there was some unmet expectation, you know, that you were trying to accomplish. Like you're trying to stay in shape. It's like I'm a Hall of Famer and I just had two kids. Shout out to my nephews, by the way. Um, <laughs> and and it's like you 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 then had to deal with this. It's another setback in your life. One of the things that we talk about in our business because we have a relationship-based business, like I, I, I don't believe that, that success is in a silo. I don't believe success can happen by itself. You know, there has to be other people along the way. You've mentioned you've had coaches in your life before. Was there somebody who stepped in and and kind of just said, "Hey, Abby, you know, you need to change"? Or what happened and, and who was involved in this transformation of you? It was a process. It was several people. Um, I hired a dietitian. I a coach, a coach. Um, I did different diets that I don't recommend, but I thought food was the issue of all my health problems. I hired a health coach, and this health coach changed my life forever. And that's what my goal is to do with women: is change their relationship with food and their body. I've struggled with body image, being only five one, and so. When I hired her to help me, she helped me think of the holistic approach that it's not just about food, it's not just about exercise, but how is your life going in other areas? How's your relationships? How's the joy in your life? How's your spirituality? Because how our life is going, we make those decisions based on how our life is going. And it's so true. And so I just took a look at my whole life and realized all my focus is because I have a negative body image. So I don't want to be 90 years old and sit back and look at all the food I restricted or all the over-exercising I did. And that's when it really hit me that life is so much more than just about food and exercise and diet. And I don't want those to be my main focus. And so I love helping women with that. When you, when you look back, and I, these are not pre-prepared questions, but this just came to me. Um, when you look back at your life so far, what was a bigger setback for you? The, the four knee surgeries and moving to Indiana or going through your, your health journey and your, your challenges as an adult? I think going through it as an adult because you're so much more aware of things that are going on. As a kid, I was just like, I'll get back. You know, I, I had the discipline mm -hmm. and I I was living with my parents. I had all the support. And if I was struggling with my knee or the physical therapy, I knew I could talk to my coaches. I knew I could talk to my parents. But as an adult, when you're struggling with something, it's hard to talk about it. And I knew nobody would understand what orthorexia was. And I actually joined like a group of women who go through the same thing. And we were encouraging each other and we would encouraging each other, just walk today. You don't need to go do the crazy exercise or lift weights or do this or do that. You know, go have a sandwich, go have 
this. Luckily, I've never had an eating disorder. And if somebody does, absolutely get help. But I have overcome so much because I sought the help of a coach. Well, one of the things that I've heard you say before, and I'd love for you to educate our listeners a little bit, and this isn't meant to be a health podcast. This is meant to be showing how you're, you're a student of the game and you really are. And, and that's why you're the first guest on here is because I'm your biggest fan. But as it relates to energy, you know, you taught me this thing about masculine and feminine energy. And at, at, the, at an initial reaction, I kind of understand what that is. But as you explained it, I have no idea what it is. Tell the listeners a little bit about energy and how that imp- impacted your success. This made a huge difference in my life. And so masculine energy and feminine en- energy aren't acting more like a girl or acting more macho. or It has nothing to do with that. So when you're in your masculine energy, you feel like you're always in control. You're short-tempered. Things have to, ha- have to happen a certain way. And if they don't, you get irritated or you get stressed. And feminine energy is where you just kind of be. You go with the flow. If something doesn't work out the way it should, you're just like, it's fine. And you move on. So it's good to have a little mix of both. You want to have goals. You want to meet deadlines. You want to do well, but at the expense of what? And so I learned about myself that I was too disciplined. And if we were going out of town, I had to find a hotel that had a workout center. I had to bring my own food. I had to have this structure so that I wouldn't get out of my routine. And that is not healthy. And one thing that I love talking about is stress because it does not matter where the stress is coming from. There could be a tiger chasing you or you could have stress in your relationship or your job or your kids could be stressing you out or you could be over-exercising. Your body doesn't know where it's coming from, but it reacts to it. And so by putting so much stress on my body over all those years, it shut down. And so that's a wake-up call for any listeners out there. If you are dealing with stress, then, well, everybody's going to have stress, but how are you dealing with it? Uh, yeah, you got you to gotta pay attention. I think um, what we talk about a lot is self-awareness. You know, one of the things that I heard a stat at a real estate conference, you know, a presenter got up and they said, you know, the, the, the key ingredient of success moving into the next decade is self-awareness. And he, he shared a stat that he said, only 12% of people are actually self-aware. Like, can you believe that? Can you, I mean, every, everybody's, oh, I know myself, this is who I am. Well, no, you don't actually. Like 12% mm-hmm. of the people are self-aware. So what you're doing is you're giving, you know, your, your clients, you're giving, oh, and these listeners, helpful tips on how to become more self-aware so that they have tools to deal with this. That's, that's amazing. Let's get in a little bit um, to your business right now. So I'm gonna talk, uh, this is a podcast for small business. This is uh, something that I believe there's not a lot of education out there. Everybody needs a coach. You talked about coaches were instrumental in your life. You now are a coach. You are coaching women and in, in having healthy lifestyles and dealing with whatever they're going through. Um, if I would say, if I'm a if I'm a client of yours, uh, if somebody comes to you and wants to be a client, where do you start? What would be the starting point? We always start with the first steps, and it has nothing to do with food, nothing to do with exercise, but all to do with mindset, affirmations body image, the masculine and feminine energy, because most nutritionists, health coaches, dietitians, they're going to say, eat this many calories, don't eat this, don't eat that. But that never solves anything. 
And if you aren't in a healthy relationship with yourself, with your body, with your thoughts, there's no way you can get to where you want to be. It all starts with your thoughts. Wow. Okay. So, all right. You engage somebody. Uh, how long does that take? First couple sessions? Like, do you nail it? Like session one, we're going to talk about mindset and we're done? Or is, or how long do you work with people on this? I typically do six months when I do one-on-one coaching. And No, no, no. But time out. I want to change right now. Like, I oh. want this to, I want to change right now. That's You're saying that that's not happening, right? Right. Like if, I, if I come to you, it's like, I want to, I want my new mindset today. Exactly. I am not your quick fix girl. So if you're wanting a quick change, then... I suggest you find somebody else because change takes time in the correct way. Meaning, and I'm not a weight loss coach. I feel like weight loss is a side effect of changing your habits and behaviors and your thoughts. But throughout the process, you can lose weight, but that is never the main focus or else you're going to drive yourself crazy. Well, it sounds so, like that's that that's that hamster wheel that you're always going to be on. Is, yeah. is if if weight loss is is the goal, that's not the root issue. You know, the yeah, root issue so, is, is more about your health. Right. So I take them through a process, the first steps, and then we learn about food. We learn how to read a nutrition label. We learn different ways foods are good, great for your body, and then we go into exercise. We learn about ingredient education. And then the ultimate goal is intuitive eating, where you're going by your body's internal cues, not external rules. So it's not saying eat this many calories, don't eat this, eat that. It's how do I want to feel? Of course, I want to eat the whole container of ice cream because I love ice cream, but how's that going to make me feel? And so I love the goal of intuitive eating because it's a lifelong journey. Whereas a 90-day diet, what are you going to do on day 91? I mean, you're going to you're going to go back to what you did before yeah. and then lose the momentum. Okay, so so again, um, you got on my podcast and embarrassed me about how <laughs> awesome you are, and now I'm feeling violated again because I think I'm a pretty good parent. But when our kids were little, we had something called the CPC, the Clean Plate Club, like eat everything on your plate. And what you're saying right now is intuitive eating. Like, tell me, like, tell me a little bit more about intuitive eating. All right. Well, the Clean Plate Club is no longer the cool club to be in. But that's and how we grew up. You grew that, up. Finish your kids are starving in wherever country. Name name like if you if you have kids or you have been a child, which we all have, you've heard this before. Clean yes. your plate. And you've Tell said it before, and I've said it before. Yeah. And that's just not the way to go about it. And I don't want to make anybody feel bad because I've done all the wrong things and that's why I'm here and that's why I I do the things that I do. And by teaching somebody to clean their plate, you're telling them to eat past fullness and that never feels good. And so I want it. And in fact, if you watch your kids eat, it's amazing because they'll leave a piece of pizza on their plate and go off and play if they're full, or they will leave two bites of a cookie left because they're full. And it's so fascinating to watch the majority of kids do that. And if you think about it as adults, why can't we do that? Knowing food is always available. Why do you have to stuff yourself at one time when food is always available? But when you restrict food, you feel like it's that last supper mentality. And so with intuitive eating, you're allowing all foods to fit unless you have a true allergy, obviously, then you can't do that. But you're allowing these foods to fit. And one of the things that I noticed with most of my clients is when they bring the ice cream into their house or the cookies, 
they don't even want it anymore. They know they can have it. And they're just like, I don't even want it. It's it's almost shocking to them that they don't want it or that it takes less amount for them to feel satisfied. And so we talk about the satisfaction factor a lot in intuitive eating. And if you're never satisfied with your food, you're always going to be searching for something else. Oh, man. I, I, we could go a whole different path. But last question here. What's your favorite food? <laughs> well, it's a tie. Can I have a tie? Can I choose yeah, two? you can have a tie. Go okay. for it. Peanut butter and ice cream. I love peanut and, butter. I eat it every day. <laughs> and maybe together. Yeah. <laughs> peanut butter on top of ice cream. Okay, there's yeah. your favorite food right there. Yeah. Peanut butter on top of ice cream. Awesome. Yes. Um, okay, as we're wrapping up here, Abby, you know, we've talked about some of the fundamentals, you know, in, in your business, in your life. It's been confidence, it's been mindset. Like these are things that carry you through no matter what. And this this is a lesson for everybody here. What what I'm infatuated with is falling in love with practice. And and what practice means is all the unseen things. It's the challenges, it's the, you know, blood, sweat, and tears that goes into your craft and and you are amazing at the behind the scenes, the unseen work, the the surgeries you've been through, the your own personal health journey, and that's given you purpose. My final question: What does winning look like for you? Whether it's you know with your clients that you coach, what does that look like? That's a tough question, but winning to me is just living a life full of joy, freedom, and confidence. Meaning joy that you don't get stressed easily that you can go with the flow, having freedom from food, from body image, from counting calories or macros or obsessing about exercising, and just confident, feeling confident eating an apple and feeling confident eating a chocolate chip cookie with no guilt. And so I think that's what winning for me is and for my clients is just having that joy, freedom, and confidence through their lifelong journey, not just a short amount of time, but throughout the rest of their life. Wow, that's amazing. And thanks for sharing. I think everybody wants wants that as well. And the fact that uh, you're you're providing value to so many people. One of the, the the thesis of starting this podcast, Abby, student of the game, is the thesis is that relationships win. In the game of life, relationships win. You have you've been such an inspirational person in my life you know, and, and you're younger than I am. And I look back, you know, when I was in college watching you play high school, I was like, oh, man, I want to be as good as my sister. Um, <laughs> and, and so you've really impacted me. I want to help you out here. For the listeners, who is somebody that you would love an introduction to? Who are the people that you want to get to know? Who are the people that you want to meet? If somebody's listening here, how can they help you win? I want to meet the people who are struggling with their confidence. If they have a lack of self-confidence, if they don't know what to do when it comes to food, exercise, their body image, I want to meet the people who have dieted their whole life and it's not changed anything. And I want to change their story. I want to change their narrative so that doesn't have to be the story for their kids and Mm. the next generation. That's awesome. It sounds like there's a, p- a bunch of people out there that you know may believe the excuses or the lies they've been telling themselves, and and you want to get a hold of those people and love on them and show them that there's a different way. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. 
Okay, uh, as we wrap up, uh, since relationships win, um, and we just we ask the audience to help you out for some introductions. The kids these days say, you know, give them their flowers, which means you know uh, the accolades and, and the acknowledgement. Um, if you were to give flowers to somebody today, somebody who's been a, an inspiration in your life, somebody that you want to thank, who who is somebody in your life that you want to send some flowers to virtually? Wow. Um, there's been so many people in my life that have just helped me and guided me. And I didn't know this question was coming. So it's you. I want to send you flowers, Brad. And that is because, and I'm not a crier, so I hope I don't cry, but like just growing up, I looked up to you so much from your work ethic, your discipline. Even though I was mad at you a lot, it helped me. Um, grow into the person I am today. And, and, and I thank you for that. And when I say the word freedom, we sat at Christmas one year and you had us all come up with a word of the year. And our family events, they're so fun, but they're, we think a lot because you challenge us. And you said, what's your word of the year? And this was probably four or five years ago. And I said, freedom. I want to break free from obsessing about food, my body, exercising. And then, you know, Carrie, people listening probably don't know Carrie, but she married Greg, who lived with us. He was an exchange student. She sent me a picture that said freedom, and I have it in my kitchen. And I feel so free from all that stuff. And life is good. And and I just want to thank you for that because you really challenged me. And I've looked up to you from day one, your work ethic, I've always been so proud of you being my big brother. When you played basketball in high school, Brad Noel, he's my brother. You know, I was so proud. And I'm still so proud of you today. I loved working for you right out of college, which most people don't know. I started with the Noel team. That'll be in another season. We'll talk about yeah, that. <laughs> but, but I'm sending you the flowers. So thank you truly for thank, who you thank- are. Well, if uh, I don't even know if I'm going to record another episode. I mean, my first guest is a Hall of Famer who's sending me flowers. Like, this is not meant to be a selfish podcast, but thank you, Abby, uh, for everything you do. And please do me a favor go follow Abby. Abby, where can people find you? I hang out most on Instagram at Salad and Sweets, which that's the name of my business, Salad and Sweets, because I love salad and I love sweets. All foods can, can you- fit. All foods can fit. Yep. Intuitive eating. I love it. Yep. Go follow Abby. Uh, this has been this has been an awesome episode for me just to listen to you and your story again. It gives me a sense of purpose and, and it gives me confidence. So keep, keep doing work that matters, Abby. And uh, for those listeners out there, I know you can learn a lot. In the game of life, relationships win. But you got to focus on the fundamentals. You got to master those fundamentals. You got to fall in love with practice, all the things that, you know, show up every single day that you may or may not want to deal with. And then ultimately winning in the game of life is all about relationships. So thank you, Abby. I appreciate you being our first guest on Student of the Game. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Student of the Game podcast. Whatever game you are playing, I'm cheering for you. See you in the next class.